Canine Cast number 29. It's the Canine Cast with Tara and Walter. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Canine Cast. This is Tara. And greetings, everyone. This is Walter with your recap of the last show, in case you missed it. Canine Cast number 28, we talked about Amishin Bonding, a technique created by Jan Fennell, the dog listener. Plus, we talked about how to help a dog be more confident with their dog door. Thanks, Walter. And if you did miss last week's show, we highly recommend that you check it out and also that you check out um, the book, The Dog Listener by Jan Fennell. It's such an amazing book. One thing that I actually didn't bring up last week is that she, what she does is she teaches you how to basically approach your dog and interactions with your dog with a calm confidence, which is so important in establishing yourself as a pack leader. And the way she does that is she gives you a number of techniques in order to enable you. So if you haven't checked that out, then I definitely recommend that you do. All right. Now, moving on to this week's show, the first thing that we are going to talk about is canine influenza. There is a new canine flu that's going around. Now, here in Florida, it's kind of a big deal. There's been lots of information that has been sent out just recently about it. Now, it first surfaced back in 2004, primarily at Greyhound Racing Parks. Since that time, it's actually been confirmed in seven states at um, Greyhounds at those tracks as well. Now, what's happened is it's made a jump and gotten into some of the general dog population. They've done a lot of study on it at the University of Florida, and that's why we've heard about it here first. But apparently, it's now becoming somewhat of a concern in other states. So I just wanted to make it all make you all aware. Now, it's a, it's a very, very contagious flu because it's new. They, um, they basically say at the CDC that it did jump from horses to dogs, which is a very rare thing to happen. They don't quite know how it happened. There's been some speculation that it came from raw meat, but they haven't confirmed that. All we know is that it did, it did jump. Therefore, the dogs don't have any immunity built up to this. So, Most of the dogs that come in contact with it do get infected. And what happens is there's there's an 80% what they call morbidity rate, which means that the dog will show symptoms. Morbidity is not the same as mortality. It just means that the dog gets symptoms of the disease. The other 20% can be carriers, however, even though that they don't show any signs of the disease. So this is something that you will want to look for. It's, um, it's a, Real, it can be a really big deal. It's not always. Sometimes they just get, um, they say about 80% of the dogs only get a mild form, which is kind of like kennel cough. So you'll hear your dog coughing and they definitely have some bronchitis, but it's not something that you have to be very, very concerned about. However, there is a, a nastier type of the virus, which can eventually evolve into pneumonia. So that's why we want to bring it up so that you're aware. So you can look at your dogs, watch them, see if they start showing any of the signs and symptoms. So basically what will happen, according to Dr. Cinda Crawford from the University of Florida's College of Veterinary Medicine in Gainesville, is that dogs will develop kind of a moist, productive cough that ends in a gagging response. It'll be there for one to four weeks. Even though you may treat it with antibiotics or cough suppressants, it'll stay. 
Now, some dogs develop um, a thick yellow discharge from their nose. Now, some very few dogs will also have a high fever. That's the nastier form of the disease. Most dogs will have a cough to some extent, whether it's just a, a small dry one or if it becomes this moist productive cough. The very few ones who have a, kind of a more a stronger form of the disease will get the fever. They'll become lethargic and weak. You'll notice that they have some difficulty breathing. They'll breathe very quickly and very shallowly. And from there on, it, it may progress to pneumonia. So you really want to watch your dogs. Now, if they just cough one day, you don't have to run them off to the vet. This is something that will persist for throughout a while, but you want to be aware that it's out there so that you do know what to look for. Now, I talked about the morbidity rate before, the number of dogs that get it and show symptoms. They say that the mortality rate is about 5 to 8%, according to Dr. Crawford, but other veterinary experts are estimating the potential death rate from here on out from between 1% and 10%. Um, that The higher percentage will apply to dogs that have more compromised immune systems, in other words, ones that are very young, very old, or have other health issues. So if your dogs fall into that category, then you want to be especially aware. And of course, if you have dogs in general, you want to be aware that this is there and look for it in your dogs. The only way that they can confirm this is through blood tests. And those blood tests are performed actually at Cornell, so the results can take as long as two weeks. And you don't have to worry about your dog um, getting getting very, very bad necessarily within those two weeks. They are trying to disseminate this information to veterinarians, but um, but they, they talk a little bit about how they're afraid that they, that veterinarians may start jumping to this conclusion rather than to the number of other respiratory infections that are out there for dogs. So um, just because your dog gets this cough doesn't necessarily mean that it's this flu. As a matter of fact, um, there's other types of canine flu and there's also kennel cough that are much more prevalent than this particular one right now. The only reason why this one is so important is because it is very, very contagious. It's new and it's something that they're trying to disseminate some information about. So you don't have to, you don't have to freak out. Just kind of be aware. Now, actually, interestingly enough, I looked around on the web because being in Florida, I've, I've heard about this from a number of places over the past few weeks. And so I looked around for the best write-up on it on the web. And the best one that I found was on Snopes.com. Now, if you're not familiar with this website, this website is basically um, dedicated to urban myths and dispelling them or, or telling you if they're true and giving you the details about them. They have a great write-up there about this particular disease for dogs and what to look for, how it's affecting different dogs. So we'll have that linked on the Enhanced Podcast and then also in the show notes. So I highly recommend that you go there and read about it so you will be aware of how to spot this in your dog if it becomes a problem and so that you can kind of head it off at the pass. Um, this is one This is one of those diseases where it appears that so long as you catch it early and you get your dog treated that your dog will probably be fine. If you don't and it goes on, then it can develop some complications. Um, a lot of those complications, it's, it says, um, can also come from secondary bacterial infections while the dogs are already compromised by this disease. Now, another very important thing, if your dog does begin coughing, 
please do not bring it out in public where it can meet other dogs. And also, please be aware if you are going to be around other dogs that you are sure to wash your hands, change your clothes until such time as you know that your dog does not have this because otherwise you can inadvertently spread the infection. Um, it ha- They have confirmed that they believe that it has been spread f- through people, not that, not that we get the infection, but that actually from dogs coming into contact with people's clothes or people who have been exposed to it. Now, if your dog does have this cough and you're needing to take it to the vet because it's persistent for several days... How are you? You need to call the vet in advance and make special arrangements. You don't just bring it into the waiting room with the cough kind of situation. How does that work? Well, normally, if you if you call your vet and tell them that you're bringing your dog in because it has a cough, they'll tell you if there are special arrangements that need to be made. Um, if you if you call them in and say that your dog is coughing and is experiencing kennel cough type symptoms, then they're probably going. You know, they're probably going to tell you you know, which entrance they want you to go in, because um, that's highly contagious in and of itself, and they're very used to seeing that. So they'll, so they'll tell you what to do. Um, at, at this point, I w- like I said, I wouldn't assume that your dog has this flu. There's a number of things out there, and they'll tell you the correct ways to handle it. Um, but just until such time as you do go see the vet and find out what's going on with your dog, go ahead and act as if this is a highly contagious disease and treat your dog accordingly and treat your interactions with other dogs as if you may possibly pass this disease on. So with that, that's pretty much just my, uh, my little PSA about a new dog disease that's out there just for your information so you know. All right, um, moving on to, to happier things that we like to talk about more. We have um, continued to get some wonderful emails from our listeners and one of them is from Lisa. She sent us a long, very touching, touching story about how she got her dogs that she has now. She adopted both of them from rescue. And she also in there talks about prior experiences with rescue too. But it's just, it's such a very touching story. So I really was excited to be able to share it with the listeners. So I'll go ahead and read you what Lisa has to say. The story. I am not entirely sure where this story begins. It may begin a few months ago, but I think it actually began more than 20 years ago. My husband and I met doing something we were passionate about, raising guide dog puppies. Our last puppy was a sweet little long-haired German shepherd named Adeline. She was a kind, loving, extraordinarily well-behaved little girl who had our hearts wrapped right around her and it broke those hearts when she left for formal training. We always found the process of raising puppies to be very rewarding, but with her, it was heart-wrenching to say goodbye. There was just something special. She was special. And so it was with unsurpassed delight that we welcomed her back home when she was dropped from the program a couple of months later. Our dear little girl and my best friend in the world had come home. Three years later, we expanded the family when we adopted Spock, a three-year-old Malamute mix whose owners didn't have the time to spend with them from the local Humane Society. Spock and Adeline were best friends and everything to us, part of the family and dearly loved as such, both gentle, sweet, and hopefully as happy as we were. There were many, many good years with hikes and outings too numerous to mention, and those quiet moments at home, too, that stick in your memories and heart. But time passes, and dogs age too quickly for the tenderness of human hearts. Ten years flash by, and there we were, saying a final goodbye to dear Adeline at 14 years of age. I thought I would never heal, and poor Spock missed her dreadfully. Sadly, 
He was only a year younger, and less than a year later, we said our farewells to him as well. We did what we swore we would never do. We allowed our sorrow to take over, and we became dogless. Our hearts were so fragile and tender. We would play with the wonderful dogs of family and friends and say, perhaps we should get a dog. But as we thought about it, we would miss Adeline and Spock, and in the end, sadly, do nothing. As time went on, we talked about it more and more, and the sadness lessened, becoming a gentle sorrow, sense of something missing, and of love filled with joyful memories. I believe one of our dear friends recognized the healing and knew just what we needed. One day, while at our house, she mentioned that she knew of a long-haired German shepherd that might be in need of a new home soon. Would we be interested? The answer from both of us was a resounding yes. Weeks of waiting followed and sadly were ended when the owners decided to keep the dog. But the ball was rolling and we knew we were ready. Days later, we did what we should have done years before and applied for adoption from German Shepherd Dog Rescue of Utah. Although we live in Colorado, it was the only rescue that we were really familiar with. And as we had great passion for German Shepherds, we thought it would be the right choice for us. We just had to pass the time while we waited for approval, which was not an easy task. Then one day, an email came. The director of GSD Rescue of Utah had spoken to a friend, the director of Colorado Canine Connection. After discussing us and our story, they believed that there were two dogs that might be just the right fit for us. It seems she had a sweet little German shepherd that had been passed over for adoption in New Mexico due to Panis. They also had a husky that had been found running by a busy street in Denver. Upon hearing this, it took me five minutes to forward my GSD Rescue of Utah application to CCC. Thrillingly, I heard back immediately that she would begin the approval process that same day, and the waiting began again. This time, the excitement that we felt was uncontainable. Perhaps somewhere deep down, we knew this was it. We would look at their pictures on the website and wonder and dream, much as we did with our human children. A Saturday came just days later, and at loose ends, we decided to make the drive to Denver and do some shopping to pass the time. The director of CCC had had to go to Wyoming the day before, and we really didn't expect to hear anything yet. We felt we just had well make the time go quickly by staying busy. Imagine our surprise and delight when our eldest son called to tell us that there was an email saying that we were approved. In a mad chain of events, it was found that we were in Denver, much closer to the kennels in Fort Collins than our home, and we were asked to come meet the dogs with no strings attached. We didn't hesitate, and the strings were all ours, already attached to our hearts. Well, you can probably imagine the outcome. It was love at first sight, and we brought both three-year-old Sam, the husky, and two-year-old Jake, the German shepherd, home that night. In the weeks since these wonderful, loving dogs have filled a void we didn't consciously recognize as being there, the empty, aching part of our hearts filled with something so warm and wonderful that we wonder why we let our sorrow keep us from this for so long. And it was easy. Both are deeply loved, wonderful family members and a testament to adopting older dogs. They settled right in and have very good manners, which was actually surprising with Jake as the poor guy had spent more than eight months in the shelter where he had been abandoned. We don't know anything about Sam's history, of course, but he is kind and sweetly loving. Although generally a smart, silly, and excitable husky, he is cautious to never run over or even bump a child, and he looks at them with such love it makes us laugh. In the morning before school, he will position himself by the door and sit quietly, waiting for a hug from each person as they leave, and the smile on his face tells the whole story. Jake, too, seems so happy, 
In fact, happy may be an understatement. He is funny and silly, a real clown, filled with zeal and exuberant affection. His panis has been found to be relatively aggressive, but it is so easily treatable that it breaks our heart to think he was considered unadoptable. He even has a darling pair of doggles that he wears in strong light to protect his eyes. And I highly recommend them. The fit is very good, and they make a noticeable difference to him. The people at Doggles are great, too. Something to consider for any dog with vision considerations, and he has become fairly accustomed to them without a lot of fuss. I say fairly, meaning that he will leave them alone as long as he doesn't get bored. If he gets bored, it becomes a new game to get them off, and he likes games. Well, that is it. The story, our story, Sam and Jake's story. The story of two dogs that healed our hearts and filled our life with joy again. Not long ago, my husband turned to me after playing with the boys and asked, Have you noticed how much happier we are again? And you know what? We really are. Thank you so much for that story, Lisa. That was amazing. Yes. Oh, it's it's such a great story. And you're right. It's a testament to adopting older dogs. Um, they come in and it is it can be really easy to integrate them into your family. And then it's amazing to try to think about a time when they weren't there. We had the same thing where we had to wait a little while to meet Toby. And then we were actually going out of town for a wedding. So we had to wait for almost two weeks from the time that we met him um, but, or between the time that we met him until the time that we actually had him with us. So that was that was very, very exciting, but um, it seems like the time goes so slow when you're waiting for something exciting like that. And in the four years since, it's been uh, wonderfully, wonderfully joyful to have him around and getting Kyler. And yes, yeah, so we so we can't say enough good things about adopting from rescues um, and also from shelters. They're wonderful resources too, and adopting older dogs from there. Um, they can just make the greatest, greatest addition to your family. So thanks once again for sending that in, Lisa. And for those of you who had the Enhanced Podcast, we were showing pictures of Jake and Sam on your iPod, your color iPods and in iTunes. And if you don't have, if you're not subscribed to the Enhanced Podcast, you can see Jake and Sam in our listener gallery at caninecast.com. And you can also find out about how to subscribe to the Enhanced Podcast at caninecast.com as well. Now, Lisa had mentioned that the German Shepherd, Jake, has panis. For those of you who are not familiar with this, it's a chronic inflammation of the cornea of the eye. And also it can be of the conjunctiva, which are basically um, kind of the, the, outside, the outside parts of the eyeball and the um, the mucous membrane that's right around it. So it's it's actually called um, German Shepherd Dog Keratitis as well because the d- disease is actually found predominantly in German Shepherds, but it is also rarely seen in a few other breeds. Now, without treatment, this disease actually can progress to total blindness for the dog. However, as Lisa brought up, it is fairly easy to treat Basically, what happens is the vet will give the dog cortisone and can also give the owner cortisone ointment to treat the dog's eyes. And as Lisa also brought up, her dog wears doggles. Well, the reason for this is because panis can be affected by UV light. And so what you want to do for your dog if your dog has panis is kind of cut down on their exposure to the UV light. Well, doggles are 
basic are basically goggles that can help do that that the dogs can wear so i'll bet he looks like a real cutie with those on too it's not every day that you get to see a dog in doggles but with good treatment the dog's eyes um, can be can be just fine it's just something that the owner has to be aware of and look for throughout the dog's life and help to take care of it our next email is from a listener named kate She listened to episode 26, where we talked about how to do the dog's nails and also how to brush their teeth. Now, she has another request for us. She says, I got a big kick out of hearing that your dogs lie down quietly and wait to have their nails done. I'm hoping you have something on giving baths. My dog, Sandy, likes to be brushed, but as soon as she sees the cotton balls and dog shampoo come out, she goes straight to her crate and tries to look clean. So, hmm, I wonder if that if that helps any just from them trying to look clean. Uh, If so, I'm sure that my dogs would love to hear about that. Now, basically what you'll want to do it kind of along the lines of what you do to help them accept having their nails trimmed. You'll want to build up to the bath, making it a positive thing. So what I would suggest you do is wherever you wherever you do your bath, go ahead and try to start making that a very positive area. In our house, our dogs get bathed in our bathtub because luckily they're small enough that we can do that. And what happened was at first they got to where they would go nowhere near the bathroom, no matter what. So what I did was I took along my treats and my clicker and went towards the bathroom. And then since my dogs will come to me when called, and that's always a great fun game, I started calling them to me in the bathroom. And what I would do is I would play my hide and seek game with them where I would go around the house and I would call them to me. And occasionally I would just go into the bathroom and call them to me there. So whenever they came into the bathroom to see me, they got their treats and they got pets and they got all kinds of good, good fun stuff. We had a puppy party. So that would be the first thing that I would recommend that you do wherever you normally bathe your pet. Just go ahead and call them, call them over to you and make that a very positive area. Then you want to start kind of setting the stage. So you would want to go ahead and get the cotton balls and get the dog shampoo and maybe get the hose if you're outside or maybe put these in the bathroom if you use your bathtub, however you do it. Kind of set it up as if you're going to give your dog a bath and go ahead and do the same thing. You're going to want to call your dog to you. But the the catch is you're not going to give them a bath. You're just going to treat them that it can be a positive thing when all of these things are out and ready to to bathe her, but sometimes she doesn't have the bath. So that way she'll get more comfortable with with all of these items out and about. Your next step, of course, will be trying to actually bathe her and still keep it positive. And this is where you want to go kind of slowly. Your first step would be to go ahead and turn on the water, but don't actually put the water on her and try to get her to come you know, near to you when the water is on. You can treat her for that, make that very positive and make that very fun. Then from there, the next thing would be to just use a little, little tiny water and try to make that positive and get to where she'll stay for that. And she, she may not love it. It may not be her favorite thing, but to where she'll actually accept it and allow you to do it. From there, you would move on to wetting her down more, Of course, you're moving to this very, very slowly in little tiny steps at a time. So the first day, you might just kind of spray the water towards her. The second day, you might get the water on a toe. The third day, you might get the water on the leg. 
so on and so forth until you've worked up to where you can kind of wet her down and she'll sit there and she'll she'll stand it. She may even get to where she enjoys it and we'll just, you know, come on over and have her tail wagging. From there, you would go, go ahead and do the shampoo. Now, I found that a lot of dogs like the actual shampooing process. Once you can get past all of the water, you may find that, sa- that Sandy likes that as well. If not, just take the same slow, positive approach with the shampoo. So you may want to actually bathe her but not not all at once maybe just do a little a little bit of her maybe do a leg or maybe do her tail just a little bit of her at the time and slowly work that up as well then the next thing you have to do is rinse her off now again if they have gotten to the point where they will let you wet them down the first time they'll probably be okay with you wetting them down the second time but just kind of watch and if she isn't real happy with it just you know, take it slowly, do what you can do to make it positive. And if you've been doing the soap a little bit at a time, then you'll know how she's going to react when that water goes back on her too. It's just, it's a process that will take you quite a while and how long it takes will depend on how much she currently doesn't like it and possibly how stubborn she is about it. Um, So, but I, but don't rush it. It's fine. And I would expect it to take probably a few weeks before she gets really, really comfortable with it. But working on it for a few weeks, doing just little bits every day is well, well worth it to get her to where you can get out your dog shampoo and your cotton balls, call her over and she comes over with her tail wagging and is happy. So um, it can be done. It's just, it's just kind of a long, slow process. You want to follow your dog, do everything you can to keep her comfortable and minimize any um, negative feelings that she has towards it at the same time that you're very, very slowly introducing these things in a very positive manner. And just while you're doing it, you know, make it into a big puppy party. So long as she is acting somewhat relaxed and is staying there with you and is doing what you want her to do, go ahead and praise her, give her treats and just, you know, just love on her and turn it into time with her. Now, when she act, reacts negatively to it, say she kind of goes away from you, at that point, don't, don't say anything to her. Just you know, quiet down, um, don't, don't pet her, and don't try to console her because they can, um, they can misunderstand that and think that that is praise as well, which isn't what we want. We don't want to praise the wrong behavior. We want to only praise her when she's positive and re- relaxed. So go ahead and give that a try over some time. And like I said, she, she, may not, she may not come bounding over like it's her very, very favorite thing in the world, but she'll get a lot more comfortable with it. And if you, know, if you really want to, you probably can think of some ways to make it her very favorite thing in the world, depending on what treats you have for and how much time she gets to spend getting love from mom. So thank you so much for writing in about that, Kate. And thanks so much for all of our emails. We love getting them. They just put a a big smile on both of our faces. So we would love to continue hearing from our listeners. Please continue sending in your stories, your questions, your comments. And we especially love getting pictures of our listeners' dogs. That's, That's always fun for us and fun for everybody to check out on the website as well. Before we go, Walter has some announcements. Just one quick announcement. I mentioned enhanced podcasting earlier on in the show and how we were showing pictures of Jake and Sam during the podcast. If you would like to know more about enhanced podcasting, I've put up a little page on caninecast.com about how you can subscribe to the Enhanced Podcast and a little bit about exactly what Enhanced Podcasting is. So please check it out online at caninecast.com.
Thanks for sharing that, Walter. And that actually was Kate's next question. She had asked about the chapter concept um, that we that is basically what we use in the enhanced podcast. So if you want to do this with a portable player, then that only works with iPods. However, anybody can look at an enhanced podcast on their own computer too. So we highly recommend that you check it out if you haven't already. Um, it's really a lot of fun to watch the shows in that way. And with that, thanks so much, everybody, again, for all of your positive feedback. We're really, really enjoying putting the show together for you. And we will be back again very soon with the next installment. If you haven't already, please remember to spay and neuter your dog. It's the best thing that you can do for your furry friend. If you have a question for Tara or a comment about Canine Cast, please leave us a voice message by calling 206-338-DOGS. That's 206-338-3647. Or post a comment on our website at caninecast.com. That's the letter K the number 9, cast.com.